As we're reminded, today, Pentecost is reckoned to be the, the church's birthday. Isn't it wonderful to all be sharing the same day a birthday? So happy birthday, everybody. Our reading this morning comes from St. John's Gospel, and if you are following it in a Bible, which I hope you will be doing, you'll find it on page 1022. This is a wonderful chapter, chapter 14, because uh, it includes so many wonderful things, promises, etc. And it says to us that, uh, reminds us that Jesus is the way to the Father, and it also, Jesus promises us the Holy Spirit. And it includes those wonderful words, which don't actually come in this morning's reading, but earlier in the chapter, those wonderful words where Jesus answered, said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Remember that. I am the way, the truth and the life, said Jesus, no one, no one, no one, there's no other way. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if you pick up the reading at verse 8, Philip jumps in and says, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works, the miracles themselves. Very truly I tell you, all who have faith in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, and he lives with you and will be in you. And we go on to verse 25. All this 
I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is the Gospel of the Lord. morning let's pray holy spirit you are welcome here today birth something new in us in jesus name amen jesus ministry was very focused um, he spent a lot of his time with his disciples trying to show them the father's heart and the father's love and he did this by teaching them he talked about the kingdom of god he spoke to them in parables, and he demonstrated with miracles and healing. And he even sent them out and let them have a go. And he tried to prepare them for his death. And in so doing, he told them that he would send the Holy Spirit to take the place of himself in their lives while he was absent. In this passage, the Holy Spirit is described in the message as another friend, so that you will always have someone with you. Isn't that lovely? Sometimes we just need someone with us. The Holy Spirit is a person because he possesses characteristics only a person can have. He thinks, he speaks, he speaks what he hears from the Father. He acts, feels, and he's a counsellor. And above all, he loves. He's often called the spirit of truth. He witnesses to the truth about Jesus. He convicts of sin. He's very gentle. He never condemns us. But he's very specific. Just puts his finger on the spot and says, I don't really like the way you did that, Diana. You think, oh dear, okay. He regenerates. He makes our spirit come alive inside us. He sets us free. It's him that heals the past hurts, the things that stop us being the people he wants us to be, the things that cause bondages in our lives, the things that cause addictions. And he strengthens. He's alongside us when times are tough. He enables us to live a holy life and he witnesses that we are his children. Just sung about that, isn't it? I'm a child of God, I know I am. He bears fruit. You know, the fruit in Galatians, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-discipline. I could do with a whole lot more of those in my life and my family will testify to the fact I need more patience. He guides, and he's interested in every single thing in our lives. 
no thing is too small for him to be interested. He brings things we've learnt to remembrance and he reveals what's on God's heart to us. So, what happened when the Holy Spirit fell originally at Pentecost? The famous passage in Acts, we see all the disciples together in one place before they were baptised in the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so why were they there? Well, they were being obedient to Jesus' command in Acts 1 to wait for the gift the Father had promised had to wait quite a few days. I don't know about you, I'm not very good at Christmas at waiting. Um, I'm a bit of a squeezer and a shaker and a, sometimes even the paper on the present tears accidentally. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm not, not good at all. I've got a friend who undoes hers straight away and then puts it back in the paper for Christmas morning. <laughs> Secondly, they believed that instruction to wait. They'd been with Jesus long enough to trust that what he said would happen. They just had the most amazing few weeks, a real roller coaster ride. The depths of despair and disappointment at the crucifixion, then disbelief and elation at the resurrection. So they knew something very important was about to happen. And most of all, their eyes were fixed on Jesus. They were expectant. They didn't know what, they didn't know how, they didn't know when, but they knew that they had to stay there until this something important happened. And then they were baptised. They were baptised in order to be equipped or given ability. I love the Amplified which says, you will be introduced to the Holy Spirit. That signifies to me someone they didn't really know. This expression, baptised in the Holy Spirit, has been a phrase that's caused loads of problems over the years. But it's actually one that Jesus has used. And if we consider that he didn't start his ministry until he'd been baptised by John, and John saw the Holy Spirit fall on him, then how do we imagine for one minute that we can manage as ordinary people without the Holy Spirit in our lives. So what happens when people receive the Holy Spirit? Well, here in Acts we read there was wind and fire. They're signs of the presence and the power of God. <clears throat> they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. However he comes, it's different for each person because God deals with each of us as individuals. But most people will experience something. Many people speak of warmth, love, maybe a sense of power, of peace. Some people cry, some people laugh. Have you heard people laugh in the Holy Spirit? It's just so infectious. You just want to crease up with them as well. But the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he makes Jesus more real. I consider myself very fortunate to have been born into what would now be described as the charismatic church, where the Holy Spirit was recognised, welcomed and present and consulted about everything. This came about when the then vicar was studying the Acts of the Apostles 
And he wondered what was the difference between the early church and the church nowadays. And he came to the conclusion that it was the Holy Spirit. So there was a lot of prayer and seeking the Lord. And early in 1963, the Holy Spirit fell during an all-night prayer meeting. Um, At that uh, point, my husband hadn't been a Christian very long. And he was talking to some friends and they said they were wondering whether to go to this meeting about the Holy Spirit. John asked, well, what's all that about? What's the Holy Spirit? And they replied, well, it's sort of like having more of Jesus in your life. And he said to them, well, what are you dithering about? Of course we want more of Jesus in our lives. So off they went and um, there was teaching uh, um, and Then there was a coffee break, so that there was no hype, and afterwards everyone was prayed, and everyone lined up and had hands laid on them, and they received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I didn't actually join that church until 1967, but the teaching on the Holy Spirit and the gifts and how to handle them was balanced and practical. There was no emotionalism, no hype, And everything was kept in order. So back to Acts, what happened to them? They were given a new language, tongues. So what is tongues? It's actually a perfect prayer to God. And it's a very important um, prayer because it builds you up. It's like charging you up. You know, you plug your mobile in every day. Well, this is like plugging you in every day, and it it charges up your spirit. It's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's certainly not a sign of being filled. Many people are filled with the Holy Spirit but don't speak in tongues. It's not the most important gift, and it's not a gift that overwhelms you. You are in control of it. And there's no room for pride. It's not I've got it and you haven't because there are no second-class citizens in God's kingdom. So why is it such an important gift? Well, it's really, really helpful in praise when we've run out of words. I don't know about you, but after I've done a few hallelujahs and you're king of kings and lord of lords, and um, then it's much better to go into tongues. And it's very, very useful when you don't know how to pray for someone or a particular situation. I can remember a young man landing up on our doorstep in Herne Bay. His wife had just been taken into hospital a few days earlier. She was very, very seriously ill, and she just had a baby. So he was literally left holding the baby. Um, They also had three small children, and he'd coped fairly well until that day, and then the washing machine had broken and it was just the last straw really it doesn't sound a big thing now but it was to him and my husband said I I just didn't know how to pray so I so in the end I prayed over him in tongues he said I don't know what the Lord did I'll probably never know but he went out changed and he almost skipped down the drive The Holy Spirit opens the door to other gifts. So he's useful there. In order to be managed properly, there are rules for use. 
we have our private tongue that's for our own private use. And that's, if we're in a meeting, that's to be under our breath. Because there's nothing more annoying than trying to concentrate on your own prayer to God with someone babbling what sounds like a load of rubbish beside you really loudly. So we need to be really respectful and considerate to one another. But there's also a public tongue, and sometimes we just get a little push from the Lord that we need to speak it out loud, and the remainder of the congregation need to wait for an interpretation. This is an interpretation, it's not a translation. So it may come as words, it might come as a picture, it might come as both. They'll probably confirm each other if they come as both, but it's necessary to wait quietly until the interpretation comes. And then it's only polite to respond to it. Can you imagine how it must feel to God to have spoken to us and then be ignored and then we go on praying all the, our list of prayers? We need to remember to pray it in so it goes deeply into our spirit. Well, you might say, oh, well, we've all got the Holy Spirit. What do you want about? Yes, we have got the Holy Spirit when we're born again. When we ask Jesus into our life, our spirit is renewed and it's been dead and it's regenerated and reborn. Just as Jesus talked to Nicodemus. But this baptismal fullness often comes later. It would be really ideal if everyone who committed their life to Christ was baptised there and then. But we see in Acts 8 and 19 that the gift came later. And often it's the same with us and it was with John. We need to have someone pray for us, maybe lay hands on us. As we look through Acts, we see again and again the Holy Spirit's influence on what the disciples did, even down to the choosing of men to distribute food to the widows. And you might say, well, that was a fairly routine task. With the baptism, there is an impartation of power so that the one who receives is fitted or equipped for service. The Holy Spirit might be in us to bless us, but he's with us so we can bless others. His presence is with us for a purpose, and without his presence, we have limited ministry. I think it's fair to say that the world is in a mess. There's so many people out there hurting, there's so much brokenness, there's so much that needs the Holy Spirit's touch. And Jesus came to bind up the brokenhearted, so we need to him in fullness to be able to do that. I was doing an Alpha Holy Spirit day and someone said, oh, I didn't realise the Holy Spirit was a person. Do you think, if you think of the Holy Spirit as an it or a power, you will be anxious to have more of it. But if you think of him as a person, you will want him to have more of you. Yes, it can feel a bit frightening to allow him freedom. But again, if we think of the Spirit as a dove who is gentle, and if we remember that God is a God of order, after all, he brought order out of chaos in Genesis, then it's not so frightening. Yes, we will make mistakes. 
That's how we learn. But it's better to make mistakes than do nothing. We do so like everything all boxed up and neat and tidy and to have it under our control, don't we? But that's the way we slip back into the flesh and traditions which do not have life. Early when the Holy Spirit fell, um, as I spoke about earlier, a friend of mine who was in full-time ministry got up one morning and felt very strongly he should go and visit somebody. So he went, knocked on the door, and they were out. And he walked back to the bus stop to go home and thought, well, what was all that about, Lord? I was sure I'd got that right. Anyway, he was talking to somebody at the bus stop and led this young man to the Lord. He said that was probably the only way God could get me there to talk to that person. If he told me nowadays to go and stand at the number 37 bus stop, then I'd do it. So we grow into hearing the Lord. But fear is one of the greatest weapons of the enemy. He knows if we entertain fear, then he has won. Look how Peter's fear changed with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in Acts. Not long before he denied Jesus three times, yet here he is boldly declaring the gospel. He refers to the prophecy in Joel. His preaching is purposeful. Don't write off the Holy Spirit because of past errors, attitudes or excesses you may have encountered, which are usually created by our own fears, barriers or egos. Jesus says in Luke 11, What father, if his son asks for a fish, would give him a serpent? We are told not to grieve, quench or resist the Holy Spirit. We can say no, that's fine. Jesus will never, ever push his way into our lives. He simply waits for our openness. But do we want to do that? And do we want the consequences of that response? Do we want limited ministry? The Holy Spirit unites people in greater love for him and each other. Because his voice is gentle, I wonder if we often miss his work in our lives and don't give him the glory and the thanks that's due. Ever felt prompted to visit someone? Telephone them? Send them a card or some flowers? Only to discover that was just what they needed at that time. We need to learn to recognise the Holy Spirit's voice a bit better. Apart from the Holy Spirit's purposes in us, he's there to bring glory to the Father. God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. don't know about you, but I quite like gifts. When I get a gift, I put out my hands and say, thank you very much. I don't ignore it. I don't say to the giver, oh, thanks very much. Stick it over there. I'm, I might look at it later if I'm interested. That's what we need to do with the Holy Spirit. We need to put our hands out and say, yes, please. What we're filled up with is what we will flow out of us. 